The following audio is from The Springs Church. More information about The Springs Church is available at thesprings.cc. Good morning, Springs Church. Welcome to our online stream this morning once again. I'm glad that you're joining us, that you're tuning in. I miss having you in the room, but I hope you're warm. I hope you are staying safe. And I wanted to let you know if you need anything, if we can serve you in some way, please let us know. You can reach out to us at thesprings.cc slash contact. Uh, If we can serve you in some way or or help you get plugged in and serving somebody else. If you're a visitor tuning in online, I'd love to have you reach out to us so we can get connected with you at thesprings.cc slash contact. I hope you're doing well this morning. And I wanted to remind you of this Wednesday, which is Ash Wednesday, begins February 17th, the season of Lent. And we are going to start this Wednesday a little Lent tech fast here at the Springs. So we are going to take this opportunity of Lent to kind of step back a little bit from technology to create a little bit more space for God and each other in this season. So we've got some ideas for you. Hopefully you've been brainstorming or thinking about it and maybe you've got some ideas how you can disconnect in order to reconnect a little bit for this six weeks of Lent coming up here all the way to Easter Sunday. So that starts this Wednesday, February 17th on Ash Wednesday. I hope you'll join us. But this morning we begin and continue the Missions Month series, Grow Your Kingdom Here. Greg did a wonderful job last week setting up the kingdom of God and the gospel of that kingdom. And so we're going to continue that conversation this morning in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 9, verses 1 through 6. When Jesus had called the twelve together, he gave them power and authority to drive out all demons and to cure diseases. And he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. He told them, take nothing for the journey. No staff, no bag, no bread, no money, no extra shirt. Whatever house you enter, stay there until you leave that town. If people do not welcome you, leave their town and shake the dust off your feet as a testimony against them. So they set out and went from village to village, proclaiming the good news and healing people everywhere. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we give thanks for you this morning, and we praise your holy name. And God, I ask that you would bless this community even as we are apart. I ask that you would bring your Holy Spirit into our lives and into our community through us, Lord. Help us to announce your gospel and to bring your healing in this place. We love you, Lord. We lift up your holy name and ask for the gift of preaching this morning and that your Holy Spirit might illuminate this gospel in our hearing. It's in your precious name we pray, amen. Imagine you are attending two different weddings. So you're going to one wedding on Friday and the next one on Saturday. And you go to the Friday wedding and you file in and the bride and groom get up on stage and the minister's there. Everybody's going and the wedding starts off and it's going great. And you get all the way to the end. They exchange vows and the minister pronounces them husband and wife. He says you can kiss each other and nothing happens. They don't kiss. And suddenly you realize that 
in the back of your mind, you've been a little bit bothered by the fact that actually the couple has not touched the entire time. They haven't been holding hands. You've never seen them embrace. They don't kiss. There's only talking. There hasn't been any touch. So then you go to the wedding on Saturday, and the exact opposite occurs. You sit down, and everybody gets in place, and no one says a word. They go through all the motions, the couple is holding hands, they embrace, they kiss, they walk out, but no one has said a single word. You would leave both of these weddings feeling like something vital was missing. You would feel like you hadn't really experienced a wedding on Friday or Saturday because at one, there was talk but no touch, and on Saturday, there was touch but not a word was pronounced. We're in Missions Month, Grow Your Kingdom Here, and Greg did an amazing job of laying out the gospel of that kingdom that week. And so this morning, I want to talk about the twofold nature of the mission of Jesus' kingdom. The mission of Jesus' kingdom, his gospel, is a gospel that is told and a gospel that touches It's a gospel that can be heard, and it's a gospel that heals. It is a gospel that is a message and a medicine. And there's perhaps no better gospel for us to see this reality than the gospel of Luke. Luke is associated, the the evangelist Luke, the writer of the book of Luke, is associated with the physician Luke that Paul mentions in his letter to the Colossians. And so Christians have long associated Luke the evangelist as a physician, and you can see that within the pages of his gospel. It is a gospel that really shows and highlights the fact that Jesus' ministry touches people. It is a ministry that is not just heard, but it heals as well. And so I want to look in the Gospel of Luke at two different women that Jesus saves in the span of two different chapters in two different ways. So starting in Luke chapter 7, you've probably heard this story if you've grown up in the church. It's a story of a sinful woman who comes to a meal that Jesus is eating at a Pharisee's house. And so Jesus is there, this sinful, known sinner woman shows up, and she weeps, begins weeping at Jesus' feet. She begins anointing his feet with her tears and, and wiping it up with her hair, and the Pharisees are completely scandalized. But Jesus, however, turns to this woman, and in verse 48, he says, then he said to her, your sins are forgiven. But those who were at the table with him began to say among themselves, who is this who even forgives sins? And he said to the woman, Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. So I want you to take note of that word saved in verse 50. It's a Greek word, sozo. And it's a word that means saved, rescued, restored. And Jesus has forgiven this woman of her sins. And then he pronounces that she has been saved. Now, moving ahead to Luke chapter 8, the very next chapter, Jesus saves another woman, but there's no forgiveness of sins involved in this moment. In fact, 
It's totally different. This is the story, again, maybe you've heard this one about a woman who's been hemorrhaging blood for 12 years. She spent all her money seeking the help of physicians who couldn't help her. So she finds herself in a crowd with Jesus and she reaches out in this crowd to touch just the hem of his clothes and instantly the power that emanates from him heals her. And so then Jesus turns around and he wants to know who's touched him. And in Luke 8, starting in verse 47, it says, When the woman saw that she could not remain hidden, she came trembling and falling down before him. She declared in the presence of all the people why she had touched him and how she had been immediately healed. He said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace made you well, is the exact same Greek word, sozo, as your faith has saved you from the previous chapter. So two different stories, two different happenings. Jesus forgiving the sins of this sinful woman, Jesus healing the bleeding, the disease of this woman who's been bleeding for 12 years, both salvation. Forgiveness, healing, telling, pronouncing, touching, healing, curing. It's all connected to salvation. It's all connected to the gospel of Jesus that is both a medicine and a message. When Jesus goes around driving out demons and healing people's sickness, he's not working on some kind of side gig in case the preaching doesn't work out. Jesus is always doing salvation, and he brings that about by forgiving sins. He brings it about by curing sickness. He's always bringing about the gospel of salvation because Jesus' salvation attends to the whole person. Jesus cares about the physical. Jesus cares about the spiritual. His gospel can be heard, and his gospel heals. And that's true not just of individual encounters in the Gospels, but it's also true of when Jesus is with large crowds. Look at Luke chapter 6 as we continue our little survey of Luke. Beginning in verse 17, it says, He came down with them and stood on a level place with a great crowd of his disciples and a great multitude of people from all Judea, Jerusalem, and the coast of Tyre and Sidon. They had come to hear him and to be healed of their diseases. And those who were troubled with unclean spirits were cured. And all in the crowd were trying to touch him, for power came out from him and healed all of them. Then he looked up at his disciples and said, Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Look at this scene. There is teaching. There is touch. The gospel is heard, and the gospel heals these people in Jesus' presence. And not only is this true for Jesus' own ministry, it's also true of the mission that he gives to his followers. So we saw that in our opening text in Luke chapter 9 when Jesus is sending out the 12 on the mission. And just look again at verses 1 and 2 and verse 6. It says, when Jesus had called them together, he gave them power and authority to drive out all demons and to cure diseases. And he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. Verse 6, so they set out and went from village to village proclaiming the good news and healing people everywhere. 
the same thing happens in the very next chapter when Jesus sends out not just the 12, but he sends out 70 of his followers. And let's just look at one more verse. Chapter 10, verse nine, Jesus tells them as he sends them out on mission, heal the sick who are there and tell them the kingdom of God has come near to you. God's salvation is a packaged deal. It cares about the physical. It cares about the spiritual. It's taught and it touches. It forgives sins and it cures diseases and drives out demons. That is the gospel of the kingdom that cares about the whole person. If you're at a wedding and the couple never touches the entire time, in our culture, that won't feel like a real wedding. If there's never an embrace, if there's never a kiss to seal the deal, you won't really feel like you've actually experienced a wedding. And if you go to a wedding where there's just touching, but no talking, there's no pronouncement that announces this marriage, it's the same. It won't feel like you've really experienced a wedding. Because like the gospel, there is talk, there's telling, and there's touch and healing. And so Jesus' kingdom that is both heard and heals is grounded in his ethic of love. And because it is twofold, because it is a message and a medicine, we can see pretty clearly how it can easily go astray in either of those directions, right? The, the mission of God's kingdom can get distorted when we separate either the message from the medicine or the medicine from the message. So the first way that it can get distorted is when Christians focus on Christ's message without medicine. This is the kind of Christianity that you've heard me lament from this pulpit probably many times, a kind of Christianity that is prepared to fly away from all the troubles of this world rather than praying for, seeking, and working for the kingdom on earth as in heaven. All right? It's, it's a Luke 7 Christianity without Luke 8. It's a, a Christianity that is a forgiveness of sin salvation, but doesn't look at the healing salvation, right? It's a Christianity focused on a future hell, but ignores the living hells that people are going through right now. I hope that the 10 minutes we've spent in the Gospel of Luke has shown you that this is not the Christianity of Jesus Christ. That Jesus Christ cares about the whole person. Jesus Christ not only announces and forgives sins, that's vital and irreplaceable, but Jesus is also healing and addressing people in their very predicaments here and now. The Jesus of Scripture has a message and a medicine. And so we must resist a Christianity that focuses on the message while ignoring the medicine. But the other distortion goes in the other direction, right? We've also seen people focus on medicine without Christ's message. And I think we see this both inside and outside of the church, right? We, we see Christians who are very comfortable talking about healing societal ills, 
but at the same time can't imagine how they would tell someone about Jesus being able to heal the sin that ails us. And we also see it in society at large, this focus on medicine without Christ's message. I talked recently in a sermon about how Christians actually founded the modern hospital way back in the fourth century. And so modern medicine is really founded, it's care for the lowly and the sick and the least of these, it's founded in the ethic of the Jesus revolution. But we've seen at times the way that when the medicine gets separated from the message, it can be distorted. All right, one of the most prominent examples I can think of is in the early 20th century American eugenics movement. Maybe you've heard that word eugenics. Uh, you might hear the word genetic and the word eugenics uh, because eugenics was a movement aimed at improving the health of humankind as a whole by trying to improve the human gene pool. And so they, this was accomplished through different means, through forced sterilizations. It was accomplished through immigration policies. It was accomplished through selective breeding. And Americans of all different wide-ranging beliefs subscribe to eugenics, even Alexander Graham Bell, the inventor of the telephone, all the way to Margaret Sanger, the founder of Planned Parenthood. And eugenics was closely tied to Charles Darwin's ideas about the survival of the fittest. It was really actually trafficked in racist ideas about members of society that needed to be cast off and kind of weeded out to improve human health as a whole. And so what we see in the eugenics movement is actually even approved of and implemented by a certain German politician who founded his own eugenic movement in Germany. I'm of course speaking of Adolf Hitler. And what he said in his book, Mein Kampf, about eugenics was this. He said, the demand that defective people be prevented from propagating equally defective offspring is a demand of clearest reason and, if systematically executed, represents the most humane act of mankind. It will spare millions of unfortunates undeserved sufferings and consequently will lead to a rising improvement of health as a whole humane improvement of health when Christ's medicine gets severed from Christ's message it can become malevolent right when Christ's medicine his focus on the care for the whole person gets severed from Christ's message of the image of God in everyone including the least of these we can wind up with a hellish kingdom rather than the kingdom of heaven but Jesus comes with a message grounded in medicine. Jesus comes to care for the whole person, for every person, especially the ones that society doesn't want to look at. Jesus comes even to forgive us for the ways that we fail to care for each other constantly. Jesus comes to bring his message and his medicine to all of us heart, mind, body, soul, spirit. And this is why we send out missionaries. This is why we send on God's mission people 
people who can actually tell the gospel and touch people with it. Right? This is why we don't just email medical brochures or mail spiritual tracts to foreign countries. We send people out, just as Jesus did, people who can bring the message and the medicine together. Because this is what the kingdom of God is like. It is a kingdom that is heard, and it is a kingdom that heals. As Jürgen Moltmann said, Jesus' healings are, are really summed up by salvation. Right? Salvation is the summing up of, of the healings and the forgiveness. Jesus has come to, to drive out every parasitic power, every demonic, diseased sin, all of them. And so Jesus has come, but there is one difference between what Jesus does when he forgives sins and heals the sick and when he does it on the cross and in the resurrection. And here's the difference. Healing vanquishes illness, but resurrection vanquishes death. When Jesus comes and heals, the people that he heals, they got sick again. Right? The, the people that Jesus heals, they eventually went on to die. But when Jesus comes on the cross and in the resurrection, Jesus is accomplishing something that can never be undone. He is vanquishing not just illness, he is vanquishing death and raising us to new life in the new heavens and the new earth. And it is this resurrection victory that Jesus calls us to announce as the message of his kingdom, that he calls us to implement as the healing of the people. It is this resurrection victory that we shout from the rooftops and that we touch the leper in the slums with. It is this message of resurrection power that not only vanquishes sin, that not only vanquishes illness, but vanquishes the final enemy, which is death forever. That is the mission of God's kingdom. It is a mission with a message and a medicine. Something that we tell and something that we touch people's lives with the love of Jesus Christ. Church, let's be encouraged and may we be empowered to go out into our communities, to go out into the world, into the Belgiums and the Germanys and all over our incredible missionaries to go out and bring the message and the medicine of Jesus' kingdom. Let's praise him together right now.